Chapter thirty six of Thomas Wingfield, Curate. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Chessie Joy. Thomas Wingfold, Curate, by George MacDonald. Chapter thirty six. Another sermon. It often seems to those in earnest about the right as if all things conspired to prevent their progress. This, of course, is but an appearance, arising in part from this, that the pilgrim must be headed back from the side-paths into which he is constantly wandering. To Wingfold, however, it seems that all things fell in to further his quest, which will not be so surprising if we remember that his was no intermittent repentant-seeking, but the struggle of his whole energy. And there are those who, in their very first seeking of it, are nearer to the kingdom of heaven than many who have for years believed themselves of it. In the former there is more of the mind of Jesus, and when he calls them they recognize him at once and go after him, while the others examine him from head to foot, and, finding him not sufficiently like the Jesus of their conception, turn their backs and go to church or chapel or chamber to kneel before a vague form mingled of tradition and fancy. But the first shall be last, and the last first, and there are from whom, be it penny or be it pound, what they have must be taken away, because with them it lies useless. For Wingfold he soon found that his nature was being stirred to depths unsuspected before. Hitherto nothing had ever roused him to genuine activity his history not very happy, his life not very interesting, his work not congenial, and paying itself in no satisfaction his pleasures of a cold and common intellectual sort. He had dragged along, sustained, without the sense of its sustenation, by the germ within him of a slowly developing honesty. But now that conscience had got up into the guard-seat, and will had taken the reins, he found all his intellectual faculties in full play keeping well together, heads up and traces tight, while the outrider imagination, with his spotted-dog fancy, was always far ahead, but never beyond the sound of the guard's horn. And ever as they went, object after object hitherto, beyond the radius of his interest, rose in the horizon of question, and began to glimmer in the dawn of human relation. His first sermon is enough to show that he had begun to have thoughts of his own, a very different thing from the entertaining of the thoughts of others, however well we may feed and lodge them, thoughts which came to him not as things which sought an entrance, but as things that sought an exit, cried for forms of embodiment, that they might pass out of the infinite, and by incarnation become communicable. The news of that strange first sermon had, of course, spread through the town, and the people came to church the next Sunday in crowds, twice as many as the usual assembly, some who went seldom, some who went nowhere, some who belonged to other congregations and communities, mostly bent on witnessing whatever eccentricity the very peculiar young man might be guilty of next, but having a few among them who were sympathetically interested in seeing how far his call, if call it was, would lead him. His second sermon was to the same purport as the first. Proposing no text, he spoke to the following effect, and indeed, the following are the very words he uttered. The church wherein you now listen, my hearers, 
the pulpit wherein I now speak, stand here from of old in the name of Christianity. What is Christianity? I know but one definition, the analysis of which, if the thing in question be a truth, must be the joyous labor of every devout heart to all eternity. For Christianity does not mean what you think or what I think concerning Christ, but what is of Christ. My Christianity, if ever I come to have any, will be what of Christ is in me. Your Christianity now is what of Christ is in you. Last Sunday I showed you our Lord's very words, that he and no other was his disciple who did what he told him, and said, therefore, that I dared not call myself a disciple. I say the same thing in saying now that I dare not call myself a Christian, lest I should offend him with my Lord, Lord. Still it is, and I cannot now help it, in the name of Christianity that I here stand. And I have, alas, with blameful and appalling thoughtlessness, I have ascribed my name as a believer to the Articles of the Church of England, with no better reason than that I was unaware of any descent therefrom, and have been ordained one of her ministers. The relations into which this has brought me, I do not feel justified in severing at once, lest I should therein seem to deny that which its own illumination may yet show me to be true, and I desire, therefore, a little respite and room for thought and resolve. But meantime it remains my business, as an honest man in the employment of the church, to do my best towards the setting forth of the claims of him upon which that church is founded, and in whose name she exists. As one standing on the outskirts of a listening Galilean crowd, a word comes now and then to my hungry ears and hungrier heart. I turn and tell it again to you, not that ye have not heard it also, but that I may stir you up to ask yourselves, do I then obey this word? Have I ever, have I once sought to obey it? Am I a pupil of Jesus? Am I a Christian? Hear then of his words. For me, they fill my heart with doubt and dismay. The Lord says, Love your enemies. Sayest thou, It is impossible? Then dost thou mock the word of him who said, I am the truth, and has no part in him? Sayest thou, Alas, I cannot? Thou sayest true, I doubt not, but hast thou tried whether he who made will not increase the strength put forth to obey him? The Lord says, Be ye perfect. Dost thou then aim after perfection, or dost thou excuse thy willful shortcomings, and say, To err is human, nor hopest that it may be also found human to grow divine? Then ask thyself, for thou hast good cause, whether thou hast any part in him. The Lord said, Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth. My part is not now to preach against the love of money, but to ask you, Are you laying up for yourselves treasures on earth? As to what the command means, the honest heart and the dishonest must each settle in his own way. But if your heart condemn you, what I have to say is, call not yourselves Christians, but consider whether you ought not to become disciples indeed. No doubt you can instance this, that, and the other man who does as you do, and of whom yet no man dreams of questioning the Christianity. It matters not a hair. All that goes but to say you are pagans together. 
do not mistake me. I judge you not. I but ask you, as mouthpiece most unworthy of that Christianity in the name of which this building stands, and we are met therein, to judge your own selves by the words of its founder. The Lord said, Take no thought for your life. Take no thought for the morrow. Explain it as you may or can, but ask yourselves, Do I take no thought for my life? Do I take no thought for the morrow? And answer to yourselves whether or no ye are Christians. The Lord said, Judge not. Didst thou judge thy neighbor yesterday? Wilt thou judge him again tomorrow? Art thou judging him now in the very heart that within thy bosom sits hearing the words, Judge not? Or wilt thou ask yet again, Who is my neighbor? How then canst thou look to be of those that shall enter through the gates into the city? I tell thee not, for I profess not yet to know anything. But doth not thy own profession of Christianity counsel thee to fall upon thy face, and cry to him whom thou mockest? I am a sinful man, O Lord. The Lord said, All things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. Ye that buy and sell, do you obey this law? Examine yourselves and see. Ye would that men should deal fairly by you, do you deal fairly by them, as ye would count fairness in them to you? If conscience makes you hang the head inwardly, however you sit with it erect in the pew, dare you add to your crime against the law and the prophets the insult to Christ of calling yourselves his disciple? Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. He will none but those who with him do the will of the Father. End of chapter 36